now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. Now the Bible tells us that we are to be imitators of God. It's good to imitate God, just copy God. Now sometimes people say, you know, you're trying to be like Him. Well, you're told to be like Him. You try to copy God, be, be an imitator of God. And here's something that we learn in Romans 4.17. It says, talking about Abraham, it says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So talking to Abraham, he stood before God in the presence of God and he believed God. And then it tells us something about God. It says that God gives life to the dead. What's dead, what's hopeless, God resurrects that. He gives life to it. And God things that do not exist as though they did. Okay, that's something about God that we can imitate. He calls things that do not exist as though they already did. Now, Here's where many times we make mistakes. We call things exist as though they do not. And that is called denial. Right? That's living in denial. You know? So if there's something that is existing and you're pretending it's not there, that's not God-like. Is that correct? Right? So wrong in accepting that there's a problem, uh, there's a difficulty, there's a challenge, whatever. There's nothing wrong in accepting that. That yes, this is what exists right now. Or there's sickness, or there's pain, there's difficulty, there's challenge, there's mountains to climb. There's nothing wrong in accepting. But you can go one step further, and instead of limiting yourself to that, be begin to do what God does. What does He do? He calls things that do not exist as though they already did. He calls them into being. Amen? So while... You do acknowledge the fact that, let's say, for example, if there's a financial problem, and you acknowledge the fact that, you know, finances are tight, uh, uh, things are difficult, you acknowledge, yeah, that, that, that's a fact. But you go one step further, and you say, I'm going to imitate God. God calls things that do not exist as though they did. He calls into being what does not exist. So you begin to speak the promise of God concerning finances, that God is your provider, that he supplies for all of your need. Your needs may not look like they're being supplied for, but you still say, my God supplies for all of my needs. You're calling things that do not exist as though they did. Right? You're speaking for the promise of God. You're calling into being. The same thing about healing. Uh, let's say you're having uh, some condition in your body. Uh, there's no point in denying it. Yes, you know, you, I am suffering from this, 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 whatever it is. But at the same time, you go one step higher. You say, I'm going to be an imitator of God. I call into being healing. Healing doesn't exist. Wholeness doesn't exist. Health doesn't exist at this moment. But I can call it into being. I say by His have been healed. What you're doing, you're using the Word of God to call into being what does not God calls things that do not exist as though they did. Amen. So this morning, you may not be feeling saved. You may not be feeling healed, delivered, redeemed. You may not be feeling blessed, prosperous, victorious. But we're going to call things that be not as though they were. Let's stand up to your feet. We're going to make a declaration this morning. Hold your Bible. Say out loud with me. This is God's Word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. 
I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of God, and a channel of His blessing. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We've been uh, studying about the presence of God the last couple of weekends as we gather together here. And uh, we're using this little publication that we have called The Presence of God. You know, we can experience God's presence in our lives, in our personal time with God. When you are at home, you're riding on your bike, you're driving your car, you can experience God's presence. Now, just this morning, I had to drive, you know, every Sunday morning, I drive from Jakur all the way to Jainagar. It's a morning drive. Uh, driving in the, in the car, just sitting there, and I was just communing with the Holy Spirit, just saying, you know, just consecrating myself afresh, the Spirit of God. And I could just feel the presence of God, feel the move of the Holy Spirit in the car. So you can feel God's presence. This morning, worshiping time, it was an amazing time. In, in, over the, feel the presence of God. And then we... Uh, after service, we again had a powerful time of just uh, uh, pr- making proclamations and seeing God do some things. So you can feel God's presence so many ways, whether alone or in a corporate setting, in a group setting like this, you can feel God's presence. What we are trying to learn is how do we respond to the presence of God? Uh, how do you respond to the presence of God? Feel. And uh, uh, what should you do? Because many God is to move upon us in a certain way. And because we bond to moving, we probably miss what he wants to do us in us or in our because we want correctly. So we are trying, as we study the book together, we're trying to learn how to respond to the presence of God. How to recognize this, how can I respond correctly to the presence of God? This morning we want two aspects of presence. We want to talk higher of his and the presence as chapter four to five in this God's presence and it already covered the presence as well. So God's presence many times is made tangible to uh, higher or light. Okay. God's presence is like fire. No. God is like fire. is not God. Clear. God's presence is like that does not God. God's presence is like light that does not make you blind. And, no. So don't confuse. Okay. God is just your language. And I can read you. He's saying things from the world. Tell us something about himself and his presence. When he says presence is fire, and you and I can listen to it, it's like you and I can understand. We know what it does. We know what fire has. But I mean that every time I, you worship the fire. Okay? Same thing with when God is present. Language for you to understand. His presence can do so Let's go now. The fire is page in this little book. I'm going to talk about aspects of fire of his What is present for us? And how do we feel the presence of fire of his presence? Uh, the Bible says in several is present God here to fire. Right? Some of these examples, 1229, God in Fire burns up the consumes things. Presence is like a fire that burns things. As it is a third verses two to four. Moses is having this experience. He sees on fire. the bush is not consumed. God was and God was and God spoke to him. Moses the fire is it's very it's, he can see his eyes and uh, this is different because the bush is him so he knows and and God speaks to him. But from that day he doesn't go and put on fire. He doesn't do that. It's just that at the moment God is thing his presence as fire. Uh, in 
22 talks about before his feet in a pillar by day, night, pillar of so he's a pillar of fire. Exodus 19, 18, it talks about the Lord descending upon Mount Sinai uh, and, as, and the, the mountain looked like as though it was on fire. So God's presence answered like fire. Exodus 24, 17, it says the sight of the glory of God consuming fire. So people saw it with their eyes. They saw the glory of God like fire. Then in Acts 2, verses 1 to 4, it says on the day of Pentecost it fully come and the people, they saw tongues of fire. Descend. Or something visible. The presence of God descending like fire upon the group of people gathered there. Right? You, know, you and I are worshipping God. Maybe as a group. Maybe as individuals privately. Sometimes you can recognize God's presence coming on you like fire. How do you recognize it? There can be several different ways. Sometimes you know inside you. It's just a knowing inside you. That God's presence is here and it's like fire. Sometimes you can feel, it, it, it's tangible, you can feel warmth, or some people feel heat, right? So remember we said yes, uh, last Sunday that the God who created our feelings has every right to touch us in the realm of feelings, in the realm of our emotions. So you can feel warmth, you know, you're sitting under the fan, everything is fine, but suddenly you're feeling warm. What is it? God is making known to you, the, the fire of His presence known to you, you can feel the warmth of His presence. Sometimes, uh, not only can you uh, not only feel, but sometimes you may be able to see it. Like the examples we saw, people saw with their eyes the fire of God. Right. So the point here is, when you recognize the fire of God's presence it's moving on you like fire, the fire of His presence is coming on you. You need to respond. You need to know what does the fire of God's presence do for you. What is for me at this moment when I can feel the fire of his presence coming on me. What's God trying to do? What must I receive? It's going back to what we talked earlier, that when you thirst, you must thirst and you must drink, right? So you're hungry for God. Sure enough, God shows up on you, but now it's time to drink. It's now time to take in what God is doing. So let's understand what the fire of God's presence does for us. There are many things here. Uh, the fire of his presence purifies, page 39. So many times when God is moving on you and the, you can feel the fire of His presence, He's doing a purifying work. Several examples. Numbers 31, 23, God says, Every, you put things through fire and it will be. So when something goes through the fire, it's clean. Whatever is, is, is unholy, it's burned up. So the fire of His presence purifies. Daniel 12, 10 says, many will be purified, made white and refined. That's the refining fire of God's presence. Matthew 3, 10 to 12, when John the Baptist is introducing the ministry of Jesus, he talks about the fact that the axe is laid to the root. Jesus is coming. He brings the axe to the root of things in our lives. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He will baptize you with fire. continues in verse 7. He will turn up with unbelieved fire. The chaff of the flesh. He burnt with his presence. The first things. Isaiah chapter 6 through 9. Uh, he has God and he's God. See alone. He sees fulfilled with his presence. And immediately responds. And he says, I am undone of clean lips. Being among an uncle. He becomes aware of the cleanness of his, you know, his unknowns. And what does he do? It, and, uh, takes a piece from the altar. Touches Isaiah. And says, you are clean. Is right. right. So fire from the altar in the cold. Brings thing, Brings of our life, Purification of life. So the fire of his purifies us. Uh, instantly burnt our lives. Our uh, fire of His presence rekindled. So they're reviving, kindling of lives when they are of His presence. The rekindling of love. 
that moment there was an impartation to Elisha to receive the mantle. The fire of his presence brings impartation. Page 43, the fire of his presence seasons. Season, seasoning means you're bringing it into a state that you want it to be. Now, those of us who know cooking, you, know, you, you first season all the, right? you heat up the oil, put the onions in, put the masala in, and you season it. You bring it to uh, a state that is ready, and then you... So that means seasoning. It's bringing it to a state that you want it to be in. And the Bible says in Mark 9, 49 and 50, everyone will be seasoned with fire. You want to be seasoned? Get ready for some fire. Amen? There's no seasoning without fire. Tell your neighbor there's no seasoning without fire. Right? Everyone will be seasoned with fire. You'll be brought to a state in which God says, that's the right to mutton chops and chicken. Now I can drop all that on your life. But you're seasoned with fire. It brings you to the state that you're ready to receive from God. Everyone will have seasoned fire. So in the false presence, seasoning happens. How could it happen? It, it could be, um, you know, maybe there's a spiritual alignment in your life. At that moment, as, I mean, in the fire of God's presence, uh, you're, you're coming aligned into God's purpose for your life. There's a change of perception of things. Or there's an alteration of direction. You're, you're tending to go one way and God suddenly changes it. Um, there's an opening of your eyes to things that you haven't seen before. There's a, a willingness to yield to what God wants to do for you in the fire of His presence. What's happening? You'll be in the presence of His presence. I was evil. Verse 9, he talked about Satan around for years to the millennium. A thousand years he's regathered and he goes to the holy city just and as he attacked the Bible says, the fire of God come from heaven and the fire of presence over evil. So if God can do it, of course do it when God leaves His presence. He powers of nothing. God's presence. And that's why in many times when the demons are being expelled, they don't, you know, dance out. They shriek and cry. And what's the fire of his presence is, 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 is causing them a lot of distress. The fire of his presence overpowers evil. And lastly, the fire of his presence protects us. In Zechariah chapter 2 verse 5, God says, I'll be a wall of fire all around her. Talking about his people in Jerusalem. So sometimes when you... When you're, when you're feeling the fire of God's presence, God is just telling you, look, I am guarding you. I'm a wall of fire around you. Don't be afraid. Amen? So now you and I know what this fire of God's presence is. So some person may be feeling the fire of God's presence, and God may be doing a purifying work in that person's life. Another person may be feeling the fire of God's presence, but God may be seasoning that person bringing things into alignment in his or her life. Another person may be feeling the fire of God's presence and God may be imparting spiritual gifts into that person. Some other person may be feeling the fire of God's presence. At that moment, there may be a rekindling of love for God. There may be a rekindling of gifts and callings that were ignored, rekindling of zeal. So each one of us, as we are experiencing the warmth and the fire of his presence, something different could be happening in our lives. Amen? And we must all learn to receive. When you feel the fire of God's presence on you, God moving up upon you as fire, whether you know it, whether uh, you can feel it, however it's becoming revealed to you, respond. I realize you're doing this in my life. I welcome it. 
God, you're purifying me. God, do it. But I yield myself to this purifying work. Oh, God, you're stirring up love for you. Yes, God, I receive. I receive the rekindling of the love and passion for you. Whatever it is, receive. Soak it in. Welcome it. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. It's so important not to miss spiritual moments. It's like what Elijah told Elijah. He said, if you see me go up, you'll receive. It was that moment was so important for his life. If you miss it, sorry, you can't receive what, you, what you're desiring. So a moment, that spiritual moment is so valuable. Don't miss it. Respond correctly to, God, to what God is doing. The second thing we're going to see is about the light of his presence, page 45. God's presence is compared to light. Again, there are many scriptures on this. John writes in 1 John 1, 5, he says, God is light. There is no darkness in God. He's absolute light. Again, God is using language that we can understand. Right? Doesn't mean everywhere you see light, light is God. No. God is light. That means his presence is bright. There's no darkness in him. 1 Timothy 6.16, again, Paul writes, he says, God dwells in unapproachable light. James calls God as the father of lights in James 1.17. He's the father of lights. In John 8.12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, it doesn't mean he was walking with bright tube light everywhere. It's a spiritual sense. I am the light of the world. In a spiritual sense, he, he brings light. So when his presence comes, it floods our beings with his light. Now, what does the light of his presence do? What does it bring? What happens to us? And the light of God's presence comes upon us. Here's something. The light of presence exposes sin. There are times when, uh, like John writes in 5 and 6, he says, you know, God is light, there's no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him, but we are walking in darkness, then we are just lying. So it doesn't, it doesn't match. You know, when we are entering the presence of God, all of darkness is exposed, is driven out. And Jesus said, there's nothing that's covered which will not be revealed. God is revealed. He uncovers things that are hidden. Daniel 2.22, again, God, God knows what's in darkness and light is with him. So how do, what happens normally is this. When you're in the light of God's presence, all of a sudden you're worshiping God. And maybe there's a certain area of your life that you've just neglected. You've not bothered. Uh, you know, think about, think about it. But suddenly the light of God's presence, God... God's light falls on that, and he uncovers that. And you say, God is opening up for me. He's uncovering, exposing a of life, certain behavior patterns, attitudes, whatever. You ignore taking I want you to deal because I am everything. So the light of God, he exposes them. He exposes them. We have been protected, covering up. He exposes it. What us to do? And the light of his presence is exposed. The light of presence brings something. And light can come either as an illumination or a revelation or as a direction. Enlightening. The Bible says that in him was life, and the life light of his life enlightens us. It can come as illumination. Illumination simply means that at that moment, understanding is birthed in you. Things that you were not able to come to terms with, that you were not able to understand, suddenly, oh, all this makes sense. Now maybe you're, you know, you're walking with God, you're trying to love God. And your life is being pulled in five different directions. You're saying, God, I can't make sense of this. Because 
Sometimes I feel like going here, sometimes I feel like doing this, sometimes I feel like doing God, what, what are you doing? What's happening, God, in my life? Uh, it doesn't make sense. And all of a sudden, one morning, of, you're in the presence of God, you're seeking God, and at that moment, the light bulb comes on, so to speak. Illumination, everything now makes sense. You say, God, I now understand what you've been doing. That was a moment when the light of His presence broke into your life, broke through into your life, and illumination came. Or it could be revelation. Revelation is you seeing what you can't see now. So you can't see something. It's in the darkness. Suddenly the light of His presence gives you the ability to see what's there. You say, wow, I can see it. Up there. Revelation is birth. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what's in darkness and light. He sends His light illuminates what's in darkness. It happens many inside because the Bible says that the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So your spirit is a lamp. God lightens it. Psalm, Psalm, David said in Psalm 1820, the Lord will light my lamp. David is the lamp of the Lord. God lights it. So many times as you're in the presence of God, suddenly in your spirit, the lamp comes on. God lights your lamp. You know, many times, even as you're studying the Word of God, you know, I, I'm just amazed that, you know, sometimes you're studying the Word, suddenly inside revelation is born. So, wow, I see that God. I, I, I understand that. A truth that always existed but was not known to you. Suddenly your eyes are open. God lights your lamp. You understand a truth that you didn't know so far. That's revelation, being birthed in your spirit. The light of His presence bringing revelation to you. Amen? I'm sure many of us have experienced this. The light of His presence bringing revelation. Whether it's from the Word of God, something concerning our life for the future. The light of His presence also brings direction. You don't know which way to go. And suddenly the light of God's presence breaks through. And you, you understand the way in which you should go. Isaiah 58 talks about this. It says that, you know, when you're in a time of seeking God, fasting and seeking God, this is what will happen. It says, your light will dawn in the darkness. Your darkness will become as bright as mid-afternoon. And the Lord will guide you continually. So suddenly, darkness becomes so bright, and the guidance of God, the direction of God comes into your life. Amen? The light of His presence brings direction for you. Few other things here the light of His presence does for us. The light of His presence expels darkness. That means whatever is not of God, whatever is of the devil, whatever is demonic, is expelled out of our lives in the light of His presence. The Bible says His light shines in darkness and the darkness cannot overpower it. John chapter 1 verse 5. But the light of God's presence shines, darkness cannot withstand it. God, darkness cannot stand opposing it. It's expelled, it's pushed back in the light of His presence. The light of His presence also will offer. In the book of Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 1 through 4, I'll just zero in on verse 4. It says, His brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from His hand. He had rays or beams of light coming out of His hand. There, that is in those beams of light coming from His hand, His power was concealed. His power was hidden. So those beams of light carriers of the power of God. So when you experience the lightning of God or a light beam of God coming into your life, it's really bringing in the power of God into you. I remember 
prophesying to, to, to a man sometime, uh, sometime back, and I was thinking of God, the God just breaking, prophesying those things. And you know, the light of King for the New York, and this is coming. He came back, remember? And then he was King beam of God, King of God, King beam of God, beam of God, the power into a to bring China. God saw in, in action, verses 3 to 4, one lightning beam of God life. I'm going to Damascus, it says, I shone from one of those light beams from God's right beams. Alone from heaven. And that was life was changed. So the love of God brings of God. Transform life permanent The lightning of healing to our life. Uh, uh, chapter 4, 3. You look at the that's given there. Uh, God is referred to as to those who name the Son of Righteousness. He's a language that you and I He's talking about the Son of Righteousness, talking about the of His presence. Son of Righteousness, now He's using another language, that of birds. He's saying, with healing in His wings. Right? Now, it doesn't mean that God is Son or God has big feathers. He's just using language that you and I understand. He's talking about that when, when the presence of God, the light of His presence comes, there's healing being released. Healing being released to us. And he says, then those people, you will trample the wicked. They will become ashes under the soles of your feet. Meaning God is going to give you tremendous victory in your life. So the light of his presence brings healing and brings victory into our lives. Amen. So as you receive and and you experience the light of his presence, maybe it's coming in. You realize the light beams of God are striking. I can feel the presence of God like light. What's happening? He's releasing healing. He's causing you to bring, be victorious against your enemies and trample them under your feet. He's power that can transform your life or transform your situation. That's what God's doing in that moment. Amen. And here's the last thing I want to close with. The light of His presence releases His on our lives. The light of His presence releases God's glory. Isaiah, the 60th chapter, the whole chapter is, is powerful. Uh, you can, I'd encourage you to read that whole chapter of Isaiah 60. But here are the few verses from Isaiah 60. It says, Arise, shine, because your light has come. The light of God's presence has broken through into your world. Your light has come. What, what's going to happen? The glory of God will be ris- is risen upon you. God's glory is upon you. The Gentiles will see your light and, and kings will, will come to the brightness of your rising. Your sons, your daughters will begin to come to you to be nursed at your side. They will see that you're radiant. Your heart will be filled with joy because the abundance of the sea will be brought to you and the wealth of the Gentiles will come to you. The chapter continues. It says you'll call your wall salvation, your gates praise. And it says a little one will become a small one will become a big nation. So when the light of God's prayer into your world, into your life, what happens? God's glory descends on you. And all these things begins to ha- begin to happen. People begin to see that you are filled with this radiance. They begin to see that your tongue begin to flock to you. The wealth of the world comes into your hands. Uh, you begin to call, um, your home becomes a place of re- salvation and rejoicing. And what's little begins to get multiplied. Amen. Meaning what the glory of God brings into our world begins to take place when the light of His presence breaks through into our lives. Amen. So, as we welcome the presence of God, you know, the good thing is this, when you, God wants us to ask for His presence. So you can actually ask Him and say, God, I want the fire of Your presence on my life. To pray. I want the fire of Your presence to season me. I want the fire of Your presence to rekindle love, to rekindle gifts, to rekindle zeal, whatever it is, you know. God, I want the fire of Your presence on my life. Oh, Lord, 
I want the light of your presence to bring illumination, to bring revelation, to bring uh, direction in my life. God, ask for his presence. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of your law. You're asking for the light of his presence to break through into your world. Amen? Ask, ask God. He wants us to ask. In fact, next Sunday we will see, the Bible tells us, ask the Lord for rain. Ask Him for rain, the rain of His presence. Ask Him for it. Ask Him for the fire of His presence. Ask Him for the light of His presence. Say, God, I need this. I need the light of Your presence. I need the light beams of God to break through into my life, to bring the power of God to transform my situation. I need the light beams of God to bring healing. Give me victory. I need the glory of God. Ask Him. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.